This edition of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast is dedicated to the memory of Jim the Anvil Nineheart, who passed away today at age 63. Essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. Welcome to the 17th episode of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. As we started at the top of the show, we were saddened to hear the passing of Jim the Anvil Nineheart at the age of 63. According to a report by F4W Online, Ross Hart, Jim the Anvil Nineheart's brother-in-law, revealed that Jim had passed away due to a grand mal seizure related to his Alzheimer's. He's been fighting Alzheimer's for quite some time, and only recently was it reported that it was uh, an issue for uh, the Anvil. Uh, I guess, fortunately and unfortunately, he's no longer uh, suffering from that debilitating disease, and this seizure is a type that typically associated with the loss of consciousness and violent muscle contractions. He started off as a Oakland Raider in the NFL. He got his uh, name, the Anvil, by actually literally tossing an anvil the farthest in a tough man competition. And he eventually met and married Stu Hart's daughter, Ellie, where he then got into the family business of wrestling, was one half of the tag team champions of the Hart Foundation with Brett the Hitman Hart, and is known as the father of Natty, or Natalia Nineheart, and uh, the father-in-law of T.J. Wilson. Um, once again, at this time, we want to pass on our sincerest condolences to the family of both Natty, T.J., and the rest of the hearts, and uh, feel that considering what he was going through, he's definitely in a better place. Thank you for the memories, Anvil. You will be missed. As you'll hear later on in this podcast, what we talked about on the road was the uh, report of Casey Spinelli saying that she's going to be stepping away from the wrestling business for a little while to clear up uh, some personal issues. We hope that it is temporary, and as I said, you will hear more on that uh, on our Road Trip podcast. However... I've seen a tweet just recently that was done a few hours ago, maybe earlier this afternoon, by Big Tank, one of the uh, former members of the Kevin Bennett experience. And uh, Big Tank Abrams uh, wrote, If you ever supported me, thank you. If you didn't, thank you. Hey, thanks to you too. 
It takes a long time of contemplating, but I've decided to leave wrestling and focus on my career. I didn't do much in wrestling, but it gave me a lifetime worth of memories that I'll never forget. I actually kind of did like uh, Tank as part of the uh, Kevin Bennett experience. Uh, unfortunately, he and Muscle were always the fall guys for Kevin. But if pursuing your career, whatever that is, is your ultimate goal and everybody has their own dreams to reach, thank you for the uh, time you did spend in the ring. Maybe uh, you'll be back there again. But once again, thank you, Tank, for the uh, time that we did see you in the ring. Yesterday was Jonathan Coachman's birthday, and I guess his gift to us, the fans, is the fact that he won't be commentating Monday Night Raw uh, this week, and filling his shoes will be Renee Young, who has done some uh, commentating on NXT uh, for a brief time, and is the uh, one of the three com commentators for the Mae Young Classic this year. But this marks actually the first time that a woman has done commentary for Monday Night Raw for the whole three hours. So we'd like to congratulate Renee Paquette, Renee Young, for uh, reaching this milestone. Hopefully it's not just a one-time deal with Coach being gone and uh, prove yourself enough that Raw or SmackDown gets your services on a permanent basis. Best friends CM Punk and Colt Cabana are in the news again and facing court uh, battle, but this time against each other. Reports had that WD doctor Dr. MN had asked Colt Cabana to take down the uh, defamation podcast that he felt uh, hurt his reputation. And he contemplated doing it. He even talked to CM Punk, and Punk encouraged him not to do it and to continue the battle against the WWE. Cabana apparently could, said that he could not afford this trial, and Punk said that he was going to cover the costs. There was a whole lot of emails back and forth, lawyers involved, and now that all is said and done, apparently, according to Cabana, Punk has reneged on this offer to uh, cover the expenses. So in that case, Cabana is suing for over a million dollars to recover uh, losses involved financially from this uh, trial that they ultimately did win against WWE, but it definitely does take its toll on your pocketbook, especially in the United States. An interesting story is out about Randy Orton from years ago. Court uh, Bauer mentioned over five or six years ago on a podcast what Randy Orton would end up doing when meeting new writers. Um, and so this probably is going back even further than even that 10, 12, God knows how many years back. But Randy, with his known reputation of being quite the... Um, not so mature role model in the uh, locker room and how he would do certain uh, unsavory things, whether it's defecating in a uh, gym bag. In this case, he would apparently, apparently, in this case, he would end up pulling out his penis in front of the uh, new writer, touch himself, and then offer to uh, 
shake the new writer's hand and if the uh, writer had any issue with that and kind of refused uh, rumor had it that Orton would then go to Vince and talk badly about the writer and not being one of the crew and doing the proper thing by shaking somebody's hand so who knows where this will lead Maybe back then it would be somewhat acceptable, but in this age of the Me Too and all that sort of movement, regardless of it being male or female or whatever, um, it's definitely not accepted in 2018 as a publicly traded company. God only knows what will happen with this. He's currently not scheduled to be on SummerSlam, but that could change as of... Uh, Smackdown this week, but according to WWE, they're looking into what allegedly happened and if there's any merit to the story, and we'll have to just see how things unfold. Also, there's an ongoing investigation down in Memphis involving the death of Brian Christopher Lawler. Um, Jerry Lawler was recently on a, a news uh, broadcast with his lawyer, and had shown some pictures of even Brian's neck before he passed away. And for somebody who got strangled or hung themselves with their own shoelaces, there was a missing part of a rope where his uh, Adam's apple would be, as opposed to the uh, marks on the other sides of his neck. Apparently Lawler got involved with a uh, fight with some other uh, person at the jail and had supposedly been in his own cell because of his celebrity status, and multiple cameras at the facility did not work. So who knows what's going to happen. It's definitely an interesting situation. Um, Just hope for the sake of the Lawler family that they figure out what actually did happen and can find some closure with Brian's passing. And also, All In doesn't seem to be the only independent wrestling organization that can, uh, or event that can sell out a building, as Ring of Honor and New Japan combine together to sell out Madison Square Garden eight months in advance. They will be uh, doing a uh, big show at the Garden during WrestleMania weekend on the Saturday night. They uh, had sold 15,000 seats, and prior to them going on sale, they had already sold 12,000 seats to their own uh, online advanced sales through their uh, fan base. It's the first time the Garden has been sold out in a long time. Even WWE has not been able to sell out the Garden. And as I said, it's the same night as NXT Brooklyn 5 during WrestleMania weekend. Vince had tried to uh, stop the other companies from using the garden, but that didn't work out uh, too well, and they were allowed to go ahead with uh, holding the event as they combined together with Ring of Honor and New Japan. And so this will be the uh, first event of wrestling that's been held in the uh, garden since the 1920s that has not been promoted by Vince McMahon or his father. Plus, it's going to make over a million dollars at the gate. 
by the time it was all of a sudden done. A lot of the sales are based on the hopes that Cody uh, Rhodes, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks are still available for uh, that show. And a lot of their contracts with Ring of Honor or New Japan will be up before that event happens. So that's essentially going to put them in the driver's seat for any negotiations with whoever wants them. Because Vince McMahon will probably want to throw tons of cash at those uh, four guys and whoever else just to get them not to be at that show and be at one of his uh, shows during that weekend, whether it's NXT or WrestleMania. But then uh, the other side of the coin, they have the advantage that when New Japan and Ring of Honor need them to stay, especially for that show in MSG, they're going to be uh, throwing money their way to keep them on that card. It is definitely an interesting time to be a wrestling fan because as much as WWE has the monopoly for um, a lot of big shows and they have their network and there's plenty of content to get from there, the true wrestling fans that uh, scour the internet and know everything that else is, that's going on beyond what WWE has to offer have a lot to look forward to, whether it's all in, more competition with the uh, G1 tournaments and the Tokyo Dome and everything else that comes along with New Japan and the rise of Impact now that they have a uh, new leadership and Ring of Honor who could be getting TV deals with Sinclair in their advancements into uh, the TV world in the United States. As a wrestling fan, it is an amazing time and this could be the resurge as... Everything seems to be secular with uh, wrestling. There was the rock and wrestling era. Then there was uh, the downtime with the uh, next generation. And then there was the attitude era. And then back down with aggressive, uh, the aggression era. So this could be the era of the uh, smart mark or whatever we want to call ourselves. And, uh, a good resurgence. Hopefully it does push Vince McMahon to give us a better product with WWE. Hello everyone, I'm Sean Mooney welcoming you to the StarCast Event Center where it has just been announced that the sold-out event in Chicago over Labor Day weekend will now be available worldwide on fight.tv forward slash StarCast. Thousands of fans from across the world have already made their travel plans to join us in Chicago, but now you can join in on all of the fun from the comfort of your own living room. Fight.tv forward slash StarCast will bring you over 20 live events across four days for one low price well below the suggested retail price of over $260. Stay tuned for details on how you can even get $20 in fight credit. That's right, towards your future purchases with the Platinum StarCast Weekend Pass. Hey, is All In going to be on fight too? Hey, speaking of fight, I think Eric Bischoff and Bruce Pritchard are gearing up for one as they prepare for the Monday Night War debate on Thursday, August 30th at StarCast. They are ready for this. 
So, Bruce, coming up with sarcasm, it's you and I had to head at a Monday Night Wars debate. I have mixed emotions, Bruce, because I've learned to like you and respect you. I was hoping it wouldn't come to this, but you know what I don't respect? I don't respect all the spin, all the distortions, all the lies that you and the WWE had to put out there in order to keep your heads afloat, try to make yourselves feel better about that war. Well, coming up at StarCast, you've got your side of the story, I've got my side of the story. And when it's all said and done, the audience is going to figure out where the truth lies. And it's not always with the victor, and you know that. And I know you're thinking about that. So you know what I'm going to do, Bruce? I'm going to be as kind, I'm going to be as gentle as I can. But when it's all over, I'm hoping that you and I are going to be able to remain friends. If not, it's life. We'll find out. Because I'm bringing it. No brag. Just fact. (laughs) Oh, wow. You know, the fact of the matter is, is that winners write the history book. That's why I am going to be the one representing WWE at StarCast in the Monday Night Wars debate. On the other side, the other guy, the other decision maker, the one and the only Eric Bischoff. So finally you get to hear both sides debated why they did what they did, why we did what we did, and how ultimately in the end, only one could remain standing. That was us. And at StarCast, it will be me. Whoa. I think those two are ready to go at it. And I can't wait to see that one. How about you? Yeah. Hey, guys. This is episode number 17 of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. We're on the road to Toronto to go see Impact Wrestling. They're taping today at the Rebel uh, Entertainment Complex, probably known as the Docks in Toronto. And on this road trip, we have... trip worthwhile although it's already going to be worthwhile and let's uh let's talk sean you got some notes let's uh let's go over some stuff what's first on the list yeah well uh this afternoon as I said we're heading to toronto and we have uh the impact tapings going on and they uh announced five of the matches that uh, we're going to see this uh, uh this evening and one of them is the uh, mexican death match with sammy callahan against pentagon jr this is a rematch from Slammiversary where uh, Pentagon beat Sammy Callahan in a hair versus mask match. What do you guys expect to see out of this one since they used iron spikes the last time? Blood. <laughs> I expect to see blood. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> there's not really, it's, it, it can't do anything less. I think the audience is going to be expecting it to be a, a massacre, and they're going to deliver. Um, they always deliver. Uh, as of late, I mean, the product that, that Impact's putting out has been 
you know, the uh, the alternative, I guess, to to what everyone else has been providing, and they have some really really messy, uh, bloody matches that they've been putting out. Yeah, I really don't see how they can pull it back any further from what they did at uh, Slammiversary, since you think a mask versus hair match is the ultimate goal next to a cage match that used to solve uh, battles, but now it's a Mexican death match, so that's got to be one level up from a hair versus mask match in their, these guys' case. So what's the Mexican death match rules per se? Are they going to have anything... Just is it a no holds barred My bloody guess death like match? A, yeah, another one of those fifteen different words for a DQ match. Yeah, like a street fight or a no holds barred. <laughs> Falls count anywhere. Well, yeah, I'd like yeah. to have the bottom rope as barbed wire or something would be. Oh, that would make sense. Because <laughs> that's you see the old the old Mexican death matches. It's what they would have at least oh, one barbed wire rope, but I can't imagine that yeah. happening. Um, they did that. Yeah. That is just absolutely brutal. Could be interesting with the uh, location being at the uh, docks in Toronto. Could it go outside and uh, make its way to Lake Erie? <laughs> Can't imagine that. <laughs> um, I'm excited for that one. I'm sorry. Half the others. Cause I've always wanted to see Sammy Callahan. And this is an amazing match for my first one. Not see him at the uh, Fanshawe College uh, show. No, I was oh. not that one. Yeah, Callahan was uh, here in London uh, last year for a uh, Fanshawe show, yeah. which is pretty uh, spectacular. We were in the uh, front row for that one. So. Yeah, to see a Sammy Callahan match live, so this is a good, uh, a good first one, I think. <laughs> uh, for the X Division Championship, Brian Cage defends against Pentagon Junior's brother Phoenix. It's going to be unbelievable. Flips up plenty. <laughs> I mean, think about it. That's, that's a match ripped right out of Lucha Underground, right? Yeah, pretty much. So they're, both, they're both from that company, so... I'm expecting, basically, a Lucha Underground-style fight. Lots of high spots. Lots of really good, you know, acrobatics. It's Brian Cage. What's crazy about him, he's like a chameleon in the ring. He can do any style, really. It's, it's really weird to watch him wrestle because each match he seems to be a completely different type of entering performer. So. so then I guess we move on to the reason why we're in the car and heading down the here is uh, there's supposed to be uh, some interaction between Impact Wrestling and Smash and with the deal that uh, Scott Demore announced the last time he was here in London we're going to start seeing things unravel and go forward. So one of the matches is the Knockouts uh, Championship with Sue Young defending against Tessa Blanchard and Allie. Allie is a well-known uh, participant at Smash, and we also see Tessa Blanchard in two weeks at the Super Showdown, and they're both going to be challenging for the title tonight. Well, that's... Uh, it'd be interesting to see one of these girls bringing the title to the Super Showdown. Well, I guess, is Allie, Allie's on the card, or no? No, Allie's not, not yet. on the card, but uh, Tessa is. Tessa is, but they're also building quite the rivalry on Impact, so I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Allie makes an appearance or something along those lines. Um, 
again, we were talking about this before uh, the, the recording, but Super Showdown, there's a lot, I think, that's unsaid about what's going to happen. And uh, I think that this match hopefully can set up a, a cross-promotional feud between the two of them. Um, yeah, because Super Showdown is essentially, as we've all said, it's the WrestleMania of Smash Wrestling. And in that regards, WrestleMania has usually been the ending of certain feuds and the starting of others. So it makes sense what's not known about the uh, next thing, two weeks and what could advance for what we're going to see in the, over the next couple months. Any thought on uh, this match, Dave or uh, Daniel? Uh, just can't wait to see uh, Sue Young. I'm hoping when she's back from injury, I'd love to see a full feud again between Sue Young and Rosemary because there's not enough dark characters in wrestling now. But like to what you said, I actually I'm probably leaning my prediction now to maybe see uh, Tessa leave with the belt. I can see that happening. So actually, since we you brought up uh, predictions for that match, we didn't uh, do Brian Cage or uh, Phoenix. Who do you think will win that one? I think Brian Cage will retain. Same here. Um, I think. He's kind of like, their X Division lately is a lot like what WWE's kind of been doing with their US Open Challenge. So it's going to be, Brian Cage is just going to keep being super strong and looking really good and making everyone who faces him for the belt look equally as good. So I think that's just going to be, continue to be a really good showcase match where he usually will keep retaining for a while. And what about the uh, Callahan and uh, Pentagon match? I know it's on Callahan because Pentagon's been on such a winning streak. I feel like to keep this feud going and to like keep things interesting, uh, Callahan has to have his win this time. So some 50-50 booking with God only knows what the third uh, encounter could be. I can only imagine what they do. How to raise the bar even further. Um, yeah, I mean, it could, I could see the, a lot of damage happening and there being a no contest as well. Like, I can see it for just, that match. for that match. What about the, uh, women? The women, I think, um, I, I think that the no, there's no going to be no change of hands in the title. I think the feud between... Allie and Tessa Blanchard is going to get built a little more. I think it's maybe a little too early to put the belt on Tessa Blanchard. Um, and so they'll eliminate each other and yeah, pick up the scraps? It's something something along those lines. Too young will kind of wrap, wrap herself in there quickly and, you know, take someone by surprise in the middle of it and the match will be over, but the, the battle can continue and maybe they'll fight each other out of the arena. Who knows? And but, with it being a uh, three-way, there's pretty much no disqualification or anything like that. So the undead bridesmaids could get involved yep. easily and help uh, see and retain. Absolutely. So another match that uh, could have uh, replications for uh, the whole Smash and Impact relationship as Joe Hendry against Tyson Dukes. 
Yeah, we've uh, we've seen this match before at, at Smash Show. Um, obviously, you know it, the scenario will be different with Dukes going into uh, Hendry's turf, so to speak. Uh, I think it, it'll just be a it'll just be a solid match. I don't think anyone's going to be um, you know uh, over from one to another. I think that you're just going to see a really a really good match and a really good uh, entertaining few uh, few spots and I, and it'll be done. I, I'm not I'm not I'm not expecting anything except for a good match out of this one. Yeah, this was the match that uh, I think Dave can agree with. It was one of our favorite matches in round two of the Northern Tournament where yeah. those two got to meet up in the second round. And Dukes came out with the victory and made his way to the finals to become number one contender for the uh, Smash title. But, yeah, like you said, this is now on uh, Henry's sort of turf. And it could be his turn to uh, pick up the victory. Dave? Yeah, a note of interest too is all day on uh, Twitch. Joe Henry and uh, Grado have been doing a tour of Toronto, so I think they're continuing that silly storyline of uh, Joe Henry and uh, Grado's wife kind of doing things behind the scenes with each other. So I can see to keep Tyson Dukes looking strong. The match ending with some sort of interference by Grado, I can see that kind of coming into fruition since they've been kind of toying around with their storyline all afternoon today. Cool. Yeah, I didn't know about that. Uh, and the other match that was announced that uh, has Impact versus Smash has LAX with Conan taking on the team of uh, Tarek and Brent Banks. Straight balling. <laughs> this is funny because... As weird as it sounds, this sounds like something I write in a diary for my fantasy bookings. Like, two of the uh, pillars of Smash Wrestling versus LAX is like a dream match that I would come up with in my head. I didn't think I, it would ever exist in real life in any form. So this is this is the one match that I'm excited for above everything else. And I'm hoping that it's a long match. I have a feeling LAX will probably win, unless... My prediction um, could be that it's a no DQ, it's a, it ends in DQ because the OGs interfere. But just the fact that in any way, shape, or form, I get to see Brent Banks and Tarek versus both members of LAX is just amazing. Plus, getting to see Conan hopefully doing one of his amazing promos live is just going to be amazing. Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge Conan fan as well. Um, you know, it's 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 nice to have you know him attached to some great in-ring performers because you know he's not you know I don't I wouldn't really ever say that he had a, a great <laughs> ability in ring, but he was great on the mic, and they're using him, utilizing him, um, great potential. LAX is like super hot at the moment. Um, in terms of like the impact viewership and their familiarity with Banks and Tarek, I think that that, again, I, I can't see them coming out on top of this match, uh, but I'm sure, well, Brett Banks has been on impact a few times, and, uh, you know, he's, they're, they're not complete, 
you know, jobbers to the to the regular fans. So I think they are going to put out a good match, and I hope I hope that they treat it um, as such and not uh, not just turn it into a squash. Yeah, I think it'll be a great match as well. Like this new version of LAX has actually been way more impressive than the original version, also known as now the OGs. But yeah, it could be interesting that the OGs get involved. But Tarek and uh, Brent are definitely going to get a lot of good offense in before everything goes, uh, I guess, to hell potentially. And it should be a great uh, high flying match. A lot of impact going on, so that's what we're uh, going to be seeing later on this evening. They're actually doing two uh, TV tapings, from my knowledge, uh, tonight at the Rebel, and then two more uh, tapings tomorrow, which unfortunately we won't be at. But yeah, definitely more than just these five matches. So we can uh, recap later on in the evening after it's all done on our ride home, and we can move forward with some other uh, news. letting you know that I will be bringing my 20 Years of Hell tour to London, and I'm looking down, oh, at the London Music Hall. Man, that's an incredible place, an incredible venue. I know VIP tickets, as well as general admission, are still on sale, and I will be bringing to life that infamous night from 1998 when I walked down the aisle, a man returned a legend. You won't want to miss it. I'll be talking about it, probably exaggerating the tales, but I'll be doing it right there in London on September 7th. Yeah, realmcfoley.com, your place to go for tickets and information. That's right. On Friday, September 7th, the London Music Hall, Summer Camp Productions, and Bogart Entertainment present McFoley, 20 Years of Hell, Mankind, Cactus Jack, Dude Love, WD Hardcore Superstar. Climb on board the 20 Years of Hell tour for a thrill ride 20 years in the making. As McFoley, professional wrestling's hardcore legend, takes audiences on an in-depth look at the most famous match of his Hall of Fame career and perhaps the most talked about match in sports entertainment history. With his trademark blend of wit and wisdom, wildness and warmth, that shot of two of his memoirs to the top of the New York Times bestsellers list, Foley will use every tool in his arsenal, dozens of classic promos, hundreds of hours on stage, thousands of matches, and almost a million published words to weave a spellbinding web of stories designed to take fans along for the journey back to June 28, 1998, the night of the infamous Hell in a Cell match. It was the night that Foley somehow survived two spine-rattling falls off and through the ominous cell structure. Shrugging off a stint of unconsciousness and finishing the match with a front tooth lodged in his nose. Finding humor in the most unlikely of places, 20 years of hell, brings the laughs but is much more than just a comedic one-man show. He will make you feel like you were there, right there in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, 
watching history write itself. By equal turns of laughs, out loud, funny, stunning, and surreal, and heartwarmingly real, 20 Years of Hell is one of the lifetime chances you hear wrestling's finest storytellers talking about the night he walked down the aisle a wrestler and walked away a legend. Each show begins with Mick's recollection of wrestling in the town he was performing in and will conclude with a candid 30 to 45 minute Q&A where all subjects is fair game. Tickets are available now at limited VIP seats that are available too. 8pm at the London Music Hall. stuff with uh, Smash Wrestling. Uh, as we just discussed, they're going to be uh, doing stuff with Impact, but there's a lot going on before that uh, happens. But right off the bat, I actually got woken up this morning uh, a little bit late because sleeping in, but by Jake, who uh, questioned about uh, some news that I guess is confirmed with Casey Spinelli. Um, so we received some sad news uh, from the indie scene uh, that Casey Spinelli is stepping away for a little while from wrestling. Hopefully it's not a permanent thing. Um, she's got some legal action, I guess, going on with a supposed fan who's uh, possibly gone too far. Uh, but on August 9th, she posted on her uh, Facebook page that uh, due to the seriousness of the harassment and uh, published defamation of uh, her character, she can no longer uh, comment uh, due to legal action and ongoing investigation at this time. She concluded with saying that uh, she'd like to thank all of uh, her fans, her friends and family who've been uh, supportive of her and uh, said, signed off by saying, God bless you, the good ones. Then this morning, which I guess sort of woke uh, me up and Jake uh, saw, was that on her Facebook page, she said, at this time, I'll be stepping away from wrestling. Uh, thank you uh, for the incredible uh, experience uh, that she was given. So it looks like, unfortunately, Casey Spinelli is going to be uh, away from uh, wrestling for a while. Hopefully it's not permanent. She started off in uh, 2009, one of Lance Storm's uh, students, and from Toronto. So it's going to be a sad, uh, loss for the independent wrestling scene and guys what are your thoughts on Casey Spinelli it's unfortunate it's extra unfortunate because she was just starting again um, like a lot of attention from Impact because I know she had to turn away from Smash for a while because she was doing so many Impact tapings and it looked like she was her career was starting to really increase at that point so it's a really bad time for something like that to derail her, you know, around that same time. So, uh, Daniel, what about yourself? You have actually a picture of uh, yourself with Spinelli as your uh, Facebook profile picture. How do you uh, feel about Spinelli needing to uh, step away? Uh, like yourself, I found out this morning when I 
kind of shocked, so I'm hoping it's not going to be permanent that she does come back. And Jake? Yeah, I mean, everybody's going to be uh, upset. You know, everyone wants to see her come back, but I think um, at the same time, you know, as a fan and somebody um, who has had a few interactions with Casey Spinelli is that all I can say is that she needs to do whatever she needs to do. And if it means that she's out of wrestling for her own safety, then that's what's best for her. And that is what's best for the fans. I don't think anyone would want to see her come back into a scenario or a situation that could be harmful to her in any way. So wish her the best, whatever she's doing, wherever she's going. And hopefully, you know, she, uh, you know, keeps the fans updated once in a while on social media just let us all know that uh you know that things are getting better because that's that's what we want to see yeah i'm hoping uh it is just a uh temporary thing while this whole legal action goes on with uh the person who's causing her uh, issues just kind of hope uh, for that person's sake that, that nobody finds out uh, their name because they would make uh, that person's uh, life a living nightmare i think the fans would just on behalf of Casey. I know my first experience uh, seeing her was at my uh, first show with uh, at Fanshawe College. I believe she went against uh, Leah Vaughn and she gave off quite the um, image at that time but it was also a uh, college crowd as opposed to the family friendly uh, version that we end up getting on TV. And I also remember uh, last fall uh, Jonesy and I went to a CCW show at uh, the Park Hill Fair and our uh, friend Maloney was uh, going to be getting married a few weeks later and we jokingly uh, invited her to be Jonesy's date for uh, the wedding and she was all down for it in a way because she loves weddings because of the free food and then she saw my uh, chili cheese fries and was like oh chili cheese fries and stole one from me yeah. and we were just chatting away so it's awesome how she interacted with fans unfortunately she didn't show up at the wedding but <laughs> <laughs> that would have been interesting if that happened but yeah it's awesome that she was that way with fans and i just hope that everything uh, clears up and she's able to return it's going to be a huge loss uh, for the women of wrestling in the independent uh, market especially here in ontario and even on impact so moving forward from that and talking about women's wrestling, I uh, had a talk with Alan uh, Taylor uh, a couple days ago prior to us coming on this road trip, and I mentioned that uh, we're going to be doing this podcast on the road, and that you know we would like to be able to talk about current events and stuff like that, and I knew a uh, big announcement was coming, and we didn't get it out there in time for our last episode, but I said that since Jake, who is part of London Comic Con, was going to be on the ride when the announcement was going to be made. And this weekend, I believe Friday, it was announced that uh, the uh, Canusa uh, match or event is coming to London and specifically to London Comic Con on October 27th. So, any thoughts on this event? And then we'll also ask Jake about how it all came about and talk about Comic Con in general. That's exciting to me because it's one of their like big five or six shows that they have every year. 
Um, and that's the first time I think they've had one outside of Toronto because I know they have, like, Faithful Eight, the Northern, uh, Super Showdown, Any Given Sunday, um, in Canusa. Probably forgetting one, just throwing them out there. But it's cool to see one of those big yearly smash shows actually go outside of Toronto for once, especially in our own backyard. And right now, especially with the May Young Classics going on and the whole evolution pay-per-view, this is definitely a huge time to have a Canusa Classic because of where women's wrestling is right now and how much bigger it's getting. This, of all the years that we could have secured it in London, this is one of the biggest years to do so, which is I think is really exciting. Yeah, it's kind of interesting though that the timing and the date of the whole thing is actually the day before uh, the Evolution uh, event that WWE is going to produce, and they are toting that you know they have they finger on the pulse of women's wrestling and they're creating this evolution. But if you look back, TNA or Impact for that matter, five years ago had an all women's uh, show. Smash Wrestling has had their Canusa uh, tournament for the last couple of years, including last year I believe Ali against. Uh, Gail Kim was in like the main event so yeah it's great and shows that it's not just the WWE uh, pushing for this it's all of wrestling fans and other organizations so on that note Jake how did this come about well um, <clears throat> we've had a good relationship with Smash since we started uh, doing our, our Comic Con event uh, at the Western Fair um, working with Smash has always been, uh, it's been fulfilling and it's been great for the fans, but, you know, from both perspectives, the perspective of us as show organizers, as well as the perspective of Smash is that we've always wanted to go bigger. We've always wanted to do more. Um, but, you know, with the way that the show is structured, it's a three-day show and having, you know, everything, we wanted to make a, a huge tournament we've we've offered it to them before let's bring in let you know let's make a tournament over the three days we have three match cards or whatnot and it's just it's too much it's too much for his guys you know it's too much for um our fans to demand our fans of this so we kind of both discussed uh new options for this year we really wanted to focus on the content of the show um as well as the celebrities so we said you know what Let's just scale it down. Let's do one uh, big match card on the Saturday, but we'll do it after the show closes so that fans can come to the show if they want to. Um, regular Smash fans can buy their tickets, as well as anyone who is a patron or uh, at the London Comic Con can come down and sit in the bleacher seating that we had set up last year. And we discussed a few ideas, and Sebastian from Smash... Uh, contacted us and said you know what we've been talking about what we've wanted to do we've been looking for dates for one of our larger events and uh, as you mentioned before David, nobody they've never held a major event outside of Toronto and they were thinking of doing it and if we can you know put a bid in for the Canusa he can see if we can make it happen so uh, immediately we jumped on that we said absolutely want it because again then the event itself becomes a part of the attraction of the weekend and 
as far as uh, getting everything lined up, you know, Smash started right away and things are rolling. They've got some talent secured, none to say at the moment, but um, we're looking at a lot of great performers coming into London, some of them for the first time. Um, and to add to that, as opposed to having wrestling all weekend, what we're going to do is we're going to have a bit of a fanfare event throughout the weekend, building up to uh, the Canusa tournament as well as post tournament on the Sunday, kind of a wrap up, meet and greet with fans. And the wrestlers are all going to be there. Um, we're hoping that we're going to have uh, representatives from multiple promotions there promoting their brands promoting their um, products merchandise uh, we're gonna have some memorabilia there for wrestling memorabilia uh, wrestling vendors and we're gonna set up like a whole little wrestling zone for the fans that specifically are coming both for smash to let them know that London comic-con is a destination for them uh, you know to spend a weekend kind of celebrating what they love about Smash Wrestling, but also for our fans, the London Comic Con fans, to realize that Smash Wrestling is quality entertainment. And as as entertaining as they always are at the shows, um, and I think you guys can both agree, like seeing a Smash Wrestling match at the Comic Con is always entertaining, but it's nothing compared to an actual production and an actual show that they put on. And that's what we wanted. We wanted that electricity and we wanted that action to happen at the show. And now we're getting it. So, yeah, so this is going to be taped for uh, Fight Network? As far as I know, it's going to be a two hour special. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I know uh, last year, uh, Comic Con, you had uh, four different uh, times that the uh, Smash Wrestling uh, did their shows. Unfortunately, it was some one of the, in this case, a B uh, card. But at the same time, we got to see debuts, that, or at least in London, of Daniel Garcia. We got to see Puff, and Puff celebrated his birthday with us. And oh, that was Puff Battle Royale for his birthday. Yeah, the big battle royale <laughs> for his birthday. So it was awesome that, you know, as a smaller sort of venue, that that was able to uh, allow that talent to debut and get their footing under them in that sort of setting. And now you're going to up the ante by doing the Canusa. Uh, when are tickets going to be on sale? Uh, well, tickets actually for the Canusa first three VIP row seats are actually on sale on Monday, August 13th. That's tomorrow. So they're going to be up for sale probably when this podcast goes up. Or just before, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's awesome that that's happening. And then the rest of the seats will be uh, with people from uh, Comic-Con who have just general admission. Um, yes, there is going to be limited general admission bleacher seating for anyone with a Comic-Con pass, as well as standing room uh, once those bleachers have hit capacity. We are not... Uh, putting a capacity on this event, um, the potential to have a thousand people at the Canusa tournament is there. If the people want to pack this place, we'll pack it and it'll be the biggest uh, independent wrestling event that London has ever seen. And that's what we're hoping. I definitely am looking forward to it. I know we're going to be uh, looking to uh, set up our own scumbag section and uh, hopefully. Uh, over the next little while on this car trip not on the uh, recording part but we'll uh, 
figure out some stuff and uh, make an announcement on our side of things for how people can get seats and do a uh, scumbag section. And yeah, also hopefully next time uh, we do a recording together in two weeks for the uh, Super Showdown, we'll have actually some talent announced and uh, more to talk about with the Canusa, but that's a huge uh, grab for London and London Comic Con for that matter to have this event happening in our own town. The first time something major has happened for Smash outside of the confines of the GTA. So, on behalf of all the fans, Jake, thanks for uh, getting that uh, set up. Oh, thanks to to the fans. I mean, if it wasn't for the passionate wrestling fans in Southwestern Ontario, we wouldn't have the opportunity to to even consider hosting an event like this. So, thank you, everyone out there who's listening. Thank you, everyone uh, who is supporting the shows. And let's just... Uh, you know, and thank you to the wrestlers that are also, you know, committing their time to this. Because another thing that uh, we hadn't mentioned before, or but that we touched on, is that getting the talent to commit to a weekend is a lot harder than getting them to commit to a single match. So, you know, everyone's on board for doing this. Um, hopefully, even more talent will be on board for, for coming down. Maybe even just to, to meet with the fans, sign autographs. We really, really want to emphasize the, 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 the talent and the action of the wrestling zone at London Comic Con is going to be second to none. Perfect. So yeah, uh, over the next while we'll uh, keep up, up on the updates and definitely be covering it. But before that, there's their uh, other calendar dates that are coming up over the next couple months and includes next weekend in Woodstock at Calapalooza on August 18th. We're still looking to get information on what's going to happen, but it appears to be a free show and that's at uh, Calapalooza in Woodstock, August 18th. The following weekend on August 26th, as we've mentioned a few times over, we're going to be uh, actually in attendance for the Super Showdown 6 at the Phoenix in Toronto. Now at this point we're not going to go through our predictions on what uh, is going to happen but running down the card so people can uh, still get out there and buy general admission seats because there's very limited VIP available. There's a fatal four-way match with Daniel Garcia, John Greed, Brent Banks and Kevin Bennett. There's a grudge match between Kevin Blackwood and Scotty O'Shea. This is a year in the making or so with uh, kill screen happening and Scotty holding a big secret over Kevin Blackwood's head, which we saw Blackwood have enough of uh, that sort of blackmail at the Northern Tournament and turned on Scotty. It's all now coming to a head at Super Showdown 6. We also mentioned that uh, Tessa Blanchard has a relationship with Smash, and she was in the uh, May Young Classic last year. She'll be taking on this year's May Young Classic participant, Vanessa Craven, on a one-on-one -on -one match. And following up from the match of the year last year of What's in the Box, this year it's a BLT match. Boxes, ladders, and tables as the tag team titles are on the line with well oiled machines defending against Super Smash Brothers. It'll be a last man standing match with Tarek versus Sebastian Suave. This 
this also has been almost a year in the making as two of the pillars of wrestling and smash wrestling for that matter have been almost good friends better enemies and with the inclusion of uh, good old Uncle Phil having his say and sticking his nose in uh, things this is finally coming to a head and they're going to uh, battle each other in a last man standing match there's a triple threat main event including Jeff Cobb PCO which some people will remember as Pierre Carolette from the Quebecers or Jean-Pierre Lafitte in WWE as the Pirate plus Brody King and the three of them will uh, be the main event but possibly it was the most interest for Smash is the fact that their tag team, their Smash Championship has been declared vacant since Frankie TM had to relinquish the title and representing Malice will be Joey Janela taking on Tyson Dukes who won the Northern Tournament. So all this is going to be happening in two weeks and we're going to have exclusive coverage of it and once again do a uh, road trip diary like we are right now. So without giving predictions of outcomes, what do you think about this card guys and how excited are you to see it in two weeks? excited for two matches in particular and that's the, uh, um, the BLT match of course because that's going to be a mix of amazing and stupid at the same time which is the best part of any match with uh, Mike Rollins and um, super excited for that Kevin Blackwood versus Scotty O'Shea match it's been probably my favorite storyline I've seen Smash do and those are two of my favorite um, talents on their whole roster so I'm so excited to see what they'll do on their biggest stage. Yeah, Joey Janela has a chance to be becoming the seventh uh, champion in Smash history, or Tyson Dukes has a chance of being the uh, first person to double uh, hold that title, and he held it for over 400 uh, days the first time he held it. Jake, uh, you were taking a drink at the moment, but what do you think about? Uh, Super Showdown in two weeks. I think Super Showdown has got a lot of promise to set up the next year of Smash Wrestling live. Um, we're going to see, like you said, lots of feuds coming to an end, uh, lots of you know information uh, twists, a little bit of you know maybe some new feuds happening. We're going to see new title changes or retaining, but. It, there could be lots of opportunities for, you know, some a great... It's, it's great to set the pace for the next few shows. I think Super Showdown is, uh, is well-stacked as well. There's lots of, you know, with the Last Man Standing match, it's going to be, hopefully, a really long, really, you know, satisfying match between the two of the better wrestlers in the organization. And uh, I think as well, you're going to see a lot of breakout performances from guys, new guys, newer guys like Daniel Garcia, uh, etc., and let them kind of, you know, carve their own path in, in Smash Wrestling to go forward. Awesome. So, yeah, once again, that is August 26th at the Phoenix in Toronto. Doors open at 4 o'clock, and uh, matches are supposed to start at 5. 
and then there's a uh, huge party afterwards. Uh, I, uh, I have the information, but not available at the moment uh, to me, but there's a huge after party, so they posted that on their uh, Facebook page. If you're uh, attending, definitely go and check that out. And uh, I guess it was a really good party afterwards, and with this card and this talent that's on it, it's sure to be another uh, great party. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what happens. Also on the uh, calendar coming up is September 16th, the uh, 100 Part 2 show at the Rec Hall, or sorry, at the Rec Room in Toronto. And it's a mystery show, so they won't be revealing any matches that are uh, scheduled to happen. You just show up and it, let it unfold. And they did it for their 100th show last year. And uh, they're going to do it again, I guess, as a uh, ongoing uh, thing. And have a mystery card. So definitely unique to put your uh, dollar in investing in a show that you don't even know who's going to be there. But it should be uh, definitely a good one, regardless of who shows up. September 23rd, Smash Wrestling returns to the Music Hall in London with London Vacation. Uh, PCO has been announced to be on our show coming there. And hopefully there'll be some more fallout for the uh, Smash and Impact involvement that was announced last time at... Uh, our show with Scott Demore, and go from there. And then on September 30th, the Taste of the Tannery in Kitchener, Don't Test Karma. This is the second time that uh, Smash has been in uh, Kitchener. I think they have a relationship thanks to uh, Scott Hunter, because I believe he's from there and helps set that all up. It was a really good show the last time that they were there, and a lot of uh, Scott Hunter's uh, TV show uh, after on uh, Facebook got recorded there where he uh, interviewed the pillars individually and finally got them all together in the ring and seems to be a happier uh, Scott Hunter after all these weeks are you guys catching Scott Hunter's uh, show after your uh, smash on <laughs> I've caught a few uh, I've caught a few um, I saw him break down a little bit there <laughs> I wasn't 100% sure what that was about or what, uh, what that, where they're going with that, but definitely uh, was interesting. I guess his goal was to get the uh, four pillars on the same page and in the same ring at the same time. And since then, he's announced that he uh, has signed a new uh, contract with Smash and is going to be staying around. And, he had uh, Anthony Kingdom James on this week's episode, which is going to be a two-parter, so next week should be part two with uh, Kingdom. And then we're also seeing the muscle with his uh, job hunt. We've seen him try and work in a pet store, as a plumber, as ring crew. He even lost the ring recently and put it into a... In a blue truck, so now he has to find the blue truck and get the ring back. Will the muscle ever get a new job? <laughs> like I said on the Facebook, that's his next job is to find the blue truck. There we go, he's got a job right now. Hunting down the blue truck. It's a perfect job for him. 
till then, yeah, I guess he's just going to be freelancing wherever he can. And unfortunately, I think the non-wearing of a shirt has been a hindrance on his job hunt, especially when it came to the pet shop. The girls didn't like it too much that he only wanted to wear his chain. So, best of luck to Muscle finding a job. So, that concludes our uh, look at what's going on currently in uh, Smash Wrestling and what to look forward to. So, we'll be right back with some wrestling uh, news and our predictions later on for next weekend's cards with NXT and SummerSlam. It's the best day of your life, because the realest guy in the room is coming to the 5th Annual London Comic Con. Meet wrestling superstar and rapper Eric Arndt, formerly known as Enzo Amore, now known as The Real One, appearing Saturday and Sunday. The 5th Annual London Comic Con, presented by Start.ca, happens this October 26th and 28th at the Western Fair Agriplex. It's a three-day celebration of art, comics, and pop culture with celebrity guests, vendors, and more. Southwestern Ontario's largest fan event. Come meet from Star Trek The Next Generation, Marina Sirtis, from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, James Marsters, Ted Raimi from Xena Warrior Princess, the Yellow Peril Ranger, Serena Vincent, the young Boba Fett from Star Wars Episode Two, Daniel Logan, from They Live, David Keith, from They Live, Keith David. Mr. McFreely from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, David Newell. And former UFC star and WWF Intercontinental Champion, Ken Shamrock. Plus more announcements still to come. Tickets are on sale now. For tickets and more information, go to londoncomiccon.ca. Thanks to super partners, start.ca, M&T Printing, Lens Mill Stores, Heroes Comics, Toboggan Brewing, Western Fair District, and media partners, London's Best Rock FM96, Classic Rock, Free 98.1, and Fanatics. London Comic Con, October 26th to 28th. with the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. We're heading home. We're on the Gardner Expressway, heading to 403 and whatnot to London. We just uh, finished watching two weeks of Impact taping, and uh, I think we can probably talk about it without maybe giving away the finishes so that people can still look forward to the show. But uh, what all matches happened, Dave? Uh, so the first, uh, the first two were actually for an explosion. Uh, the first one was uh, Tyson Dukes versus Joe Hendry. And what uh, do you think about that match? Like, Not quite the same as the Northern, 
but it was definitely like more of a fun match. Um, Explosion often has like special guests that are kids from a certain charity, and you could tell this match was really geared towards that and more about having fun than being a you know typical match that they usually do. Yeah, in this case, one of the kids was from I think uh, Sick Kids Hospital. Yeah. Yeah, and they were helping him make his uh, wish come true or whatnot. So he got in the ring. He got to come in with Hendry, and uh, you know it was empowering for the little guy. And everybody was cheering for him. It was a great reaction from the crowd. Tyson had some fun with him at the end as yep, well. Absolutely. So all around, you know, fair enough match. Yeah. Get things started. Um, I don't know if, like, I personally kind of felt a little bit robbed because, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but Grady was getting a little handsy with Andrew's wife on the on the apron there, and I thought that something was going to at least develop there. Happen with that? Because they, because they keep going to it, so it, maybe they will in a segment afterwards, you know? And as Dave said earlier, there was uh, the videos going around Toronto, uh, the three of them, so... Right. I guess it's just a slow burn. Yeah, so they didn't develop anything extra, nothing happened, but like you said, for the uh, explosion, you don't really expect anything, any major changes or developments to happen, so... And the next match was... Uh, LAX versus Brent Banks and uh, Tarek. Definitely a hard-hitting match. Uh, I believe the tag titles were on the line, but yeah. <laughs> they definitely went back and forth uh, with a lot of high hits and high uh, flying mixed in together. And I think the two teams worked well together. Absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah, it really felt like they didn't... Um, try to hinder on the careers of either of these uh, two up-and-comers uh, well, up-and-comers into this scene if they're if they are going to start having a presence in Impact but the Smash guys were definitely not undersold they they kept up with the best women I think that the that from start to finish it was a, probably one of the highlight matches of the night agreed so after that we went to the actual TV tapings for uh Impact, and uh, we started off with what match? Uh, with actually started with one of the redefined, which I'm assuming is one of their um, special shows, uh, and it was the X Division match of uh, Brian Cage versus Phoenix. Yeah, Brian Cage is like huge. <laughs> like, that guy is jacked, even maybe bigger than even Lashley, and he's quite agile for his size too. And, just wow between him and Phoenix they worked really good together yeah and uh, it was a surprise that some of the t- times that it should have ended it didn't end and it just kept on going oh yeah it was so many false finishes that arguably was either a tie or a match of the night minimum would be a tie for match of the night for me but it was incredible all the way through yeah, it's uh, there was some pretty devastating spots that happened during that match. That had me jumping up and you know had a few Joey Styles moments where I was screaming, "Oh my god, oh my god!" Because I just 
the audience was in shock. Uh, both these guys. Yeah, I can't uh, believe that. It was the, still going. the amount that they were, not just the amount of punishment that they were taking, but the amount that they kept giving out. Uh, and and Phoenix especially, like Phoenix is a is you know a small by any standard, but I mean compared to a monster, uh, you, you know you didn't think he was going to have it in him to keep going, and he did, and his he was very much on the assault through that whole match, and just yeah, great match, um, a little bit of a you know. Exciting addition at the end of the match as well. I'm not going to get into, <laughs> but it was an exciting match from start to finish, and you know what a finish it was. Well, we can uh, probably say that after everything finished, because of what was still to come with uh, Sammy Callahan and Pentagon, OVE did attack the two brothers and. Uh, Cage did go back and help them help their house, so that should come down to something one would expect yeah, I feel uh, like that's a for the in. next show, maybe recording tomorrow, but nothing developed with that today. No. <clears throat> the next match was... Um, before another match, there was the Eddie Edwards promo, right. where he came out and uh, basically called up on... Uh, Austin Aries and Killer Cross and basically challenged them and they sort of worked together just to attack him and then Moose came out and that sort of led to what would be the semi-main event of the night. Yeah, I thought for a moment that Teddy Long had uh, started working at Impact because that now became <laughs> a tag team match all of a sudden. It's like, hold up, Leia! <laughs> So, as you said, we uh, could expect that as the uh, semi-main event uh, for the night. Uh, so, then our next match was... It was Kira Hogan versus Alicia Edwards. And uh, Kira Hogan was accompanied by Ali. Yep. I think the, uh, these are definitely two up-and-coming girls that maybe sort of NXT caliber where the women's division is on that uh, line with those two, but there's a chance for their growth over they're time. They're still very green, but for what it was, the match was really good. I really liked the finishers. Followed up by... Uh, oh, yeah. Um, Brandon Tidwell and Mr. Atlantis versus the Cult of Lee. <laughs> yeah, great to see. Interesting to see Mr. Atlantis at an impact taping, and uh, as we discussed before starting to record, it's amazing how this turned into a two-week uh, sort of storyline that uh, we'll pick up again later on. Uh, Eli Drake, I guess, is involved with uh, Lee, and so he was on commentary during that uh, match. Our next match was? Uh, it was the Desi Hit Squad versus Falaba and Kia. Any thoughts on uh, that match and how those two teams worked together? It was surprisingly really fun. Like, that was definitely your comedy match of the night. And 
they are none of these guys are my favorites, but I found myself enjoying it a lot more than I initially thought it would. About halfway through, I realized how much I was laughing, and it was actually they, they managed to do a really good uh, kind of comedic match. Desi Hit Squad seems to be a uh, poor man's uh, Bollywood boys. Basically. <laughs> I would say the opposite. Bollywood boys are a poor man's hit Desi Hit Squad. Because <laughs> <laughs> at least the, True. the Desi Hit Squad had some sort of in-ring presence other than being tossed around by, <laughs> by Roman Reigns. Yeah. And Orton. Randy Orton also throws them around a lot. Or yeah, has thrown around a lot. Following that match, we saw Zachary Wentz versus Matt Seidel. I've, I've never heard of Zachary Wentz, but I was very impressed with him in the ring. Yeah. Yeah, the only thing I thought of is that they went to the same barber because they both had the same hair. <laughs> and I'm like, are they twins? I knew they weren't because I've seen Matt Seidel as, known, as Evan Bourne to WWE fans. And, uh, he has his third eye gimmick, and uh, yeah, good uh, mix of technical wrestling and high flying. I felt. Yeah, I was worried it might be a squash match at first, just because Matt Seidel's in a bit of an odd place now, where he lost the X Division Championship, but they're not slowing him down at all. But he also doesn't have any feuds going on, so he's at this weird push where he's been facing a lot of random opponents and winning, but not really much of an angle yet um, but I was happy to see that, that this ended up being more of a full match because um, Zachary Woods was really good. I'd never heard of him before but I'm going to look him up more now that I saw that match because I was impressed with him. Following next was uh, Impact Redefined. This one was probably my biggest surprise of the night. It was Petey Williams versus Rich Swan. I'm always happy to see Petey Williams. He wasn't announced at all. And I thought Rich Swan was still on injury because he missed Slammiversary over a minor injury. Yeah, I heard it was a concussion or something, but it's kind of interesting if you hear what the commentary might be is the fact that Petey Williams took Rich Swan's uh, spot in that uh, international four-way. He did, that's right. So maybe this match has something to do with that, but... Yeah. All in all, fantastic match. Uh, ended with some, like, playful shenanigans, which you expect from a face versus face. You know, it's usually just a good, honorable match where both guys are happy with each other after the bout is done. And it's really good. Well, then we had... Uh, surprisingly enough, also for Redefined, unless they forgot to... to change the logo um, Eli Drake came out and did a big promo with uh, Atlantis and Brandon again yeah fans were starting to chant for Brandon and yeah. but it just wasn't meant to be and yeah no surprise yeah not. there's no spoilers <laughs> yeah. for that can't really, can't really spoil much because Eli Drake does not uh, lose to a jobber <laughs> and that's what these guys clearly are. Yeah. And so, yeah, Eli. But it was good to see them getting some time in front of the camera. Yeah. Yeah, and as we said, it, a story they extended two weeks, like, with yeah. these guys. Eli Drake's kind of in a weird spot, much like Matt Seidel, where it's like, hey, 
former champion. We're not pushing you, but we're also not slowing you down. But we don't know what to do with you. Maybe, maybe they should feud Matt Seidel and Eli Drake because they both seem to be characters right now that are kind of just doing random things. So you remember, they're still included. Unless it's all a plan that we don't know yet. Maybe. <laughs> So after Eli squashed uh, Mr. Atlantis. Uh, also for Redefined, we had uh, Allie versus Tessa Blanchard versus Sue Young. Tessa Blanchard. I'm going to say that again because I don't know what came out of my mouth that first time. <laughs> uh, yeah, interesting match. Uh, they unfortunately had to redo uh, Allie's entrance for this because... Uh, yeah, I guess accidentally she got her foot stuck between the ring and the uh, ramp <laughs> and needed a ring crew to come and save her. And so her and uh, Hogan had to go back. And Then they immediately started getting audio-video problems. Yeah. That was yeah. my favorite. It was just that long. There <laughs> the was like wait. a good five minutes of just stuff not working, but it was fun. Like, everyone was laughing. and You got the biggest pop of all time for Allie because of that. Because, like, on TV it'll look like everyone's losing their mind because of Ali, but it's really just a pop because everything finally worked. Yeah, and, <laughs> and people were chanting, uh, watch your step, before she came out. <laughs> if any of that audio is caught on the actual uh, broadcast, the viewers at home will not know what happened. And only the ones that were there uh, tonight. That's right. Which I hope somebody was recording that because that's a good Botchamania clip. Oh yeah, we, were, we, we did a tiny Botchamania chant at one point. Not a loud one, just a little bit. Yeah, we so yeah, then Tessa Blanchard came out and uh, she definitely looks like her dad, facially. <laughs> and Sue Young came out uh, with her dead bridesmaids and uh, some of them uh, would be identifiable uh, to local indie uh, fans, which we think uh, one definitely was Xander Bale. Yeah. You said you thought you saw Casey Spinelli? Yeah, we were thinking uh, Casey Spinelli was one of them, and with the conversation we had earlier, um, we think possibly if it was her, it could very much be contractual obligations and she wasn't actually wrestling and doing the bridesmaids so people really didn't unless you know her uh, really well wouldn't exactly point her out so could be just finishing up uh, dates that need to be uh, fulfilled before stepping away as she uh, commented this morning either way hopefully like we said things clear up and go well um yeah, really good match between the uh, three ladies. Wondering... Yeah. Without giving too much away. Without giving too... I think we could spoil this one because WWE does it all the time when something happens beforehand just because of record books and whatever, but... And what's going to happen tomorrow on the uh, recording. And also, I should mention that... Uh, Maloney was tweeting it on the sharpshooter pretty much the second it happened, so anybody who's on social media is going to know by now anyways. Yeah, it's not a big surprise. 
Well, surprise for everybody that was in the arena, though. But Tessa Blanchard is your new knockouts champion, which definitely went against what we were talking about earlier this morning. Yeah. On our way here this afternoon. But uh, Mia Yim has uh, invoked her rematch clause, so that will happen at the next uh, taping tomorrow at the Rebel. Following that match, we saw what? Uh, it was the redefined match of uh, Austin Aries and Killer Cross versus Eddie Edwards, which for a while was by himself because we saw in a video package that Moose had been taken out by Killer Cross. So that, yeah. that had one of my favorite, like, anti-kayfabe moments was uh, you see this video package of... Um, him, you know, backstage having been assaulted and hurt and presumably injured. Immediately followed by the announcer going, is everybody having a good time? I just really liked that. <laughs> Horrible contrast to making the scene seem really fake. <laughs> yeah, we're supposed to be sad for this guy who got just taken out, but then happy for the cameras so that they can splice it with... Uh, different shots of the openings and closings and yay boo this person and cheer that one. So yeah, that match uh, basically didn't end up uh, happening in the long run and uh, fans will be surprised to see what happens in it and that brought us to our main event. It was uh, yeah, Pentagon Jr. versus Sammy Callahan Mexican Deathmatch. Very stereotypical Mexican Deathmatch. Yeah, you can, you can tell that it was definitely for TV, considering they uh, brought out tables, chairs, and pinatas. Yeah, there was a pinata at all four corners. I was thinking it was a WWE match for a moment. I'm just missing a mariachi band. But, uh, yeah, I don't think uh, that one turned out as violent as uh, their match at Slammiversary. Yeah. But definitely uh, worth taking in as a uh, good match to watch that week that it uh, gets shown on TV. You gotta expect that, though, for, like, TV. Because I know they actually had to post that barbed wire match, which was meant for TV, on YouTube because they weren't allowed to air it on TV because it was too graphic for the, the channel. But for what it was, it still managed to be really brutal and heavy-hitting, and there were some really, really crazy spots that they did. So it was really good. Um, not as bloody, but still pretty intense for what it was. And you got some souvenirs out of the whole thing. I did. I had some... Uh, I shouldn't say one of them because it's such a spoiler. But I'll say one. I got a uh, one of the legs from, uh, from the table, thanks to Carla. <laughs> and a few other little goodies that you'll see in the last pinata. The danger, most dangerous weapon of the world. 600 meters. <laughs> Keep right at the fork to stay on Ontario 403 West. Follow signs for Hamilton, Brantford. Now you know where we're going. Thank you, GPS. <laughs> uh, and great timing, right in between. So, uh, guys. To stay on Ontario 403 West. Once uh, she gets done her uh, announcements, uh, what did you guys think of the overall show? 
yeah, overall, I think that um, it was a great card. I think that, uh, you know, <clears throat> it's a prime example of, you know, the effort both on the talent and the management's part to make impact uh, a better product and, uh, you know, they really are putting it out there for the fans. You know, they emphasized it a lot during the tapings, obviously, between uh, between going to air or going live to tape again, that, you know, it is in 120 countries and it's, you know, it's an international brand and let it be known. And the fans were responding well to it, but I think also um, the talent that's in Impact today really want the brand to succeed and they're doing their best and they're doing an absolutely fantastic job in, in, in helping to perpetuate that. Yeah, it's definitely interesting because, as you just said, everything is in place with the talent and the backstage stuff. And we discussed earlier, I think it might have been even off uh, microphone, that probably their hardest part is the fact that they have a damaged reputation. And you got all these guys that are going to be busting their ass to try and rectify that reputation to build it back up to being a respectable product. Won't ever be competing with WWE, and that won't ever happen. There's no company that can ever compete. But as long as there's a healthy alternative, it's great for the business, and there's somebody, some other place for the talent to go if they can't uh, make it to WWE or stay there. And so, if you got places like Ring of Honor and Impact, they're building themselves as that alternative then it's definitely a great uh, environment for the wrestling fans and the talent. I think it's really smart the way they spaced out the card, too. Like, instead of just having things, like, all in the order they were planning on releasing them, they did. They mixed up regular episodes and the special episodes so that it was kind of in a flow where, like, they started with some really eye-catching... Um, hard-hitting matches, and then they gave you some fun ones and some slower ones, and then ended with something crazy again. They just did a good job of going back and forth between what they were doing, so you didn't get like tired of seeing the same matches over and over. Essentially, kept you on your toes without boring you with repetitive matches. Exactly, and as a first-time viewer of live event, what did you think of the whole uh, deal? think of your first wrestling experience? Exciting. I can definitely see why people get into it. It's a lot more what is it, entertaining in person than it would be just only watching it like on the TV. It's hard to expect, show someone no matter how good the match is, it's hard to show somebody just by watching it on TV how good it is. There's so much more hype and just like emotion in the actual like ring there and you're seeing the crowd and you're getting you're feeding off the energy of the wrestler rather than just being given cool angles of it on TV. Yeah. So yeah, that was our uh, trip to Impact for uh, the first two tapings and unfortunately we're not going to make it to uh, tapings on uh, Monday but the next two episodes look to be uh, really good.
My name is The Muscle, Smash Wrestling's hottest free agent. I toss bodies and wheel hotties, and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling podcast. Yo, this is Tarek. You're listening to Scumbags of Wrestling. Punch, kick, chop, done. Scumbags Wrestling Podcast, episode 17, and it's that time of the uh, month that it's SummerSlam weekend, and that includes NXT TakeOver Brooklyn number four, happening from the Barclays Center on the Saturday night. Um, yeah, it's usually the show that really takes off the whole weekend and is usually the best show of the weekend whenever there's a TakeOver. And so this year, uh, the matches are as follows. EC3 versus Velveteen Dream. They've been doing uh, some vignettes back and forth this past week. EC3 went to Velveteen, Velveteen Dream's house, and Dream ended up in the pool after trying to uh, get EC3, but that didn't work out, and he was left all wet. What do you guys think about uh, EC3 versus Velveteen Dream? Well, honestly, I think uh, probably on, even on this podcast, I've said it countless times, but I think Velveteen Dream is the best thing that NXT has going for it right now. Um, he has been for a while. And I think one thing that Velveteen Dream is fantastic at doing is putting over guys while staying strong, while keeping the fans behind him and losing zero... Uh, of he loses nothing from any match that he does. He only gains. But with that being said, I think it's time for Velveteen to come out on top. And I think that as much as you know, EC3 um, is got a future in NXT and he's going to go move up the card. I don't think a loss to Dream in, in this match will affect that whatsoever. Yeah, they're pretty even, uh, and neither of them seem to lose or uh, lose momentum if they have a loss. That's right. So, a good win and could go back and forth to extend this a little bit further and have Dream go over is a good idea. I would agree with you. Dave? Uh, you said it pretty much perfectly. I agree that Velveteen Dream should really be the one to come out on top. Uh, I think he's going to. I don't really see that derailing EC3 in any way because they both are playing such a like strong, cocky character right now. Um, it's probably just going to be like equally back, you know, back and forth until Velveteen Dream just gets that upper hand at the very end. Yeah, and I think also um, a 
loss to Velveteen Dream can affect EC3's drive going forward. I think it can make him angrier and it can make him a little more focused and more destructive going forward uh, on the next target that he chooses after. So then uh, the women's title is on the line with uh, Shayna Baszler uh, this time defending against uh, the May Young Classic winner from last year, Carrie Zane. Carrie ended up uh, winning a uh, three-way match that included uh, Nikki Cross and I'm trying to remember at the moment who the other one was, but uh, yeah, she came out on top and is now the number one contender. Is it time for Baszler to drop the title and uh, move up to the main roster with her uh, fellow four horsewoman, uh, Ronda Rousey, or does she retain and uh, keep going strong in NXT? Uh, I think that, again, we were talking about this before, uh, maybe we were talking about this on the podcast, but I think that people are moving up too quickly, and Shayna Baszler, when, when did she debut? When? It's been about a year. Maybe, maybe a year, and she's held the title since Mania, which is the last major pay-per-view. Yeah. So that's not much of a title run. If you want, if they want to emphasize the strength that she obviously has, and they want to make her into that machine that 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 they're that they're, that they're pushing her to be, she can't just have uh, a short reign like this. She's got to retain, and she needs to keep going the way she's going. She needs to dominate the women's division for way too long. Look what happened with. Uh, with Asuka, you know, Asuka was there for a, a huge run, and you know, and they got to they got to do the same. Yeah, Dave. Um, I can agree with that, but to play devil's advocate, I could also see them giving it to Kyrie, mostly because when you look at how insanely heel Shanna is. And how face um, Ronda Rousey is right now. I could see the two of them going against each other at Mania would be a really hot sell. So I don't see that out of the realm of possibility either. Yeah, for me, this is actually, uh, if you look at it, this is a rematch from the finals of last year's May Young Classic as well. And Carrie Zane did get the uh, upper hand in that one. But. I'm going along with uh, Jake on this, that uh, Shayna Baszler needs to retain and uh, continue showing dominance and until it's the right time to bring her up, whether it, it, something does happen at Evolution where, you know, Ronda and Shayna and everybody else are on one side maybe and then the WWE Four Horsewomen are on the other and whatever advances from there, let it happen naturally, but keep Shayna down in NXT until it is the right time. I see Shayna Baszler retaining. Uh, the North American title is on the line with uh, Adam Cole defending against Ricochet. Thoughts on that match? 
it's tough. It could literally, it could honestly go either way without hurting either of them. I'm not a big Adam Cole fan. I'm gonna say it right now. I'm not a fan. I've I've seen I've enjoyed matches of his. Uh, he was great in the War Games match, but I don't think that uh, I don't think that it's going to impress me. Even though Ricochet is such a strong in-ring performer, I don't think Adam Cole can keep up with him. And I think the whole match, the match as a whole, will, you know, I think it'll be a stinker for the night at least. I'm not saying it's going to be a horrible match, but I mean it goes along the lines of the uh, Adam Cole and Alistair Black uh, was it a no holds barred match or a street fight match. And that was fairly underwhelming as well, where, you know, the match was pretty one-sided. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm going to see, I'm going to say that probably that is a feud that's going to get, continue on. Maybe Ricochet and uh, Undisputed Era can have some, some ongoing heat. It'll develop into something else, maybe a title change at some point. But I can't see it happening at uh, at Takeover. So you're going with uh, Adam Cole. Going with Adam Cole. And Dave, I'll probably go with Adam Cole as well. I am a fan of his, um, but I really like to see the belt of Ricochet. Um, but based on where things are going right now with the Undisputed Era, it probably wouldn't change until closer to Mania, I think, or maybe even like the NXT on uh, Survivor Series. Yeah, there's uh, still time for that. That uh, I think the Survivor Series weekend uh, takeover is in LA, and it's going to be War Games, and so I can see Undisputed Era being part of that, and still maybe having their titles. So I would go with Adam Cole as well, and then the way things are able to be extended with NXT with their taping schedule and not as many takeovers it can extend a little bit longer for Ricochet to get some momentum and make it a momentous win when he does take that North American title away from Adam Cole and speaking of Undisputed Era they're going to be defending their titles uh, against Mustache Mountain and this is somewhat the rubber match between the two teams as Mustache Mountain had won the titles from Undisputed Era at the NXT UK shows, only to drop them back to Undisputed Era uh, when they got back to the US. This is now match number three for them. Which way do you see it going? Jake? I think Undisputed Era is going to retain those titles as well. Um, and I understand why they dropped them to Mustache Mountain in the UK, but I think that they just need to, you know, again, they need to move on. Um, I don't know what they're going to move on to, uh, but, you know, I I don't need to see the match a third time, I don't think. Dave? I agree. I think they're going to retain, especially if Adam Cole does retain, they're definitely going to retain as well. Yeah, and as I just mentioned, with the fact that the next takeover is going to be war games, it'd be a perfect uh, thing for 
undisputed era to walk into the uh, match with the belts intact. Yep. So I think we got all three of us saying uh, undisputed era retains, but it should be a really good match because the other two matches have been really stellar as well with them. Um, so that brings us, I believe, to our main event, which was supposed to be a three-way match involving Aleister Black, but on a recent house show, I guess he took a uh, hard shot to the groin from Tommaso Ciampa and needed uh, surgery, and as we've seen in, over the last week, they've had a who attacked Aleister Black in the parking lot and wrote him out of the match, essentially now changing it into a last man standing for the NXT title, Tommaso Ciampa versus Johnny Gargano for the third TakeOver event in a row. What do you see happening with this now that it's no uh, last man standing and the title's on the line? Jake? I didn't even know any of that happened. So they just stripped the title of him? Uh, no, uh, actually there was... Oh no, Ciampa won the title. Yeah, Ciampa won, won the title, I remember that. Yeah, Ciampa okay. won the title thanks to some interference on Gargano's part. Right, I remember. And then Gargano and uh, Black had a match against each other, but uh, Ciampa got involved, which then caused uh, Regal to make it a three-way right. takeover. I remember now, I did see that, because I was a little bit shocked. <laughs> Wipe from my memory. But, um, I'm gonna be a heel again. I'm not a big Johnny Gargano fan. Um, but those guys can put on a hell of a match. I think Gargano is probably going to take the title finally and get his moment. And I, I want to say that it's going to be short-lived because I think that by Survivor Series they're going to move him up or move him to 205 because he's he's really you know this feuding back and forth with Ciampa it needs to it needs to come to an end and I think a title handover or a title change that'll mark the end of it then what can happen is Black can you know, recover from whatever he's doing, he can get, come back into the title picture, and Gargano can go wherever he wants, and probably Chompa with him, to be honest. Sort of a uh, fight forever uh, aspect between those two. I think they're, that'll happen. They're like, well, in real life, they're best friends, and they were uh, best men at... Uh, Ciampa was best man at uh, Gargano's wedding and everything, and they just know each other so well that even though it's the third time in a row that uh, for a takeover that these guys have fought each other, it still hasn't disappointed, and it's been quite the storyline between them, how everything's built, because they had their tag team as the DIY, they run against each other in the Cruiserweight Classic, but then... Chapa turned on him, got injured, and we're finally getting the payoff. But I would uh, possibly agree with you with Gargano taking the title and this being the final chapter between these guys before they go different directions.
directions. Yeah. Dave? Um, I th- you're right in that it has to end at some point soon, but I can also see them hanging on until um, Mania weekend. So I can see Johnny Gargano finally winning and getting that belt and beating all that, being one of the first big Mania Week moments. That's still a long ways off. Tough call, though, because it's still a long ways off. Um, It's hard to tell on this one, so I guess I'm the... But I think at the same time that if spaced and kept apart for long enough... um, Bringing Johnny Gargano into 205 Live before Survivor Series can give him enough time to actually build a momentum to uh, a Mania match that fans would want to see at WrestleMania, possibly with Gargano and Ciampa actually being main card WrestleMania match. That's very for true. a cruiserweight title. Very true. So, and I think that would give them more of a spotlight. It would give them a lot more of a push rather than waiting for Mania Weekend or the Monday after, I would say, to move them into that position. That's true. So it would give them ample time to build that up, What, regardless of whether one of them goes to 205 and one of them stays. And, you know, then maybe after Survivor Series, they would drop their title, they follow suit, and then you've got from Survivor Series to Mania to build that feud to get them ready for a big rematch. That's true. So that wraps up uh, our predictions for NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4. And that happens on Saturday, the 18th. But then the next night in the Barclays is the uh, 30th uh, Survivor I mean, SummerSlam. Why did I say Survivor Series? Survivor Slam. We've been talking yeah. about Survivor Series a lot tonight. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, Forward again, thinkers. <laughs> so it's actually SummerSlam. And that's on the Sunday again from the Barclays and yeah it's probably going to be another seven hour marathon with a two hour uh, lead in on the uh, pre-show and then from like seven till probably almost midnight for uh, the main card what is known now we can go through those matches there could be some more hopefully not many more matches added because there's only a week left but uh yeah, in the pre-show, they're supposed to be uh, a mixed tag with uh, Lana and Rusev against Almas and Zelina Vega. And this has been building for a little bit of time on uh, SmackDown, with the backdrop being the dissension with uh, Rusev Day and Aiden English and Rusev. So where do we see this uh, happening on Sunday? I think Almas and uh, Vega are going to win that one. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I think that the... Uh, well, it, it's, it's, it is unfortunate, but it, it'll be nice to see one of these new guys coming up from NXT actually, you know, going over and winning a match. Because Almas, I mean, he's a great heel. Um, super, super lot of heat. And also, um, Lana can get pinned, so Rusev can actually, you know, stay strong. He can still be the Bulgarian brute without having to, to, to get pinned by Almas. And that's the way I see it going. Well, 
I can almost see the Rusev getting pinned, but it being due to the whole Aiden English thing, and it'll be the demise of Rusev Day of English and Rusev because of his bumbling interference that's been happening over the last couple weeks. And Alamos has sort of just been in a holding pattern. He had some good matches, even though he was giving 50-50 with uh, Sin Cara. He still was doing really good matches. His breakout match seemed to be against AJ, even though it was in a losing battle. He still was impressive. But then all of a sudden got put into this thing with uh, Rusev and Lana, and it's sort of just been a placeholder for their old situation. But it would be nice to see Almas uh, and Vega take that match. I saw a really impressive Almas match against Danny Garcia. Or no, that was Drew Gulak. Never mind. Who did Almas fight? Oh, that was uh, Kevin, Kevin Bennett. Bennett. Kevin Bennett. Yeah, that was a good squash. He, was good. he had a lot of time, which was good because it felt less squashy. It's true. Like, they actually had a legit match. Yeah, it was a squash without being a squash because he actually let him, you know, get some get some time in the ring with him. Yeah, so that was pretty shred. cool. Yeah, Gulak did a destructive... Uh, that was awesome. <laughs> so, Sorry. I didn't mean to bring that up, but yeah. I just thought about it, and it was really good. <laughs> Danny Garcia got destroyed. This is Drew Gulak. But... Um, what was I gonna say? What What are they gonna do with Aiden English once they dissolve Rusev Day? You can't do anything with them. Yeah, I know they'll be Rusev and English for a little while, but and then English versus nobody. They're gonna They're gonna fire him. That's terrible. Well, I'm gonna make good money on the Indies. He will make good money on the Indies. But he's it's a nice knowing him. But he's a Guerrero. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You can't get rid of a Guerrero. What did they do? With, they got rid of Vicky. Marriage. They got rid of Vicky. Yep. So, moving on to the main card, or potentially a um, another pre-show, the Raw titles, still, uh, tag titles, are still up in the air. What match is going to happen with that? Because uh, tomorrow night on Raw, there's supposed to be a three-way match with the B team against uh, the leader of Worlds and. Uh, Titus? No, the help me out here. The authors of pain? No. Brizongo? No. <laughs> it's the other team that's not them. They, the bar? No, they're over on SmackDown. Sanity. SmackDown. <laughs> New day. Dave, come on. Old day. It's the. Uh, it's the tag team. Tag team. The, the, the revival. Like revival. That's uh, right. <laughs> we'll find it the right team. Anyways, there's a three-way between uh, the B-Team, Revival, and the Deleter of Worlds this Monday. And that should possibly, depending on what happens, determine what uh, the Raw Tag Team title is going to be on the line. Jeez. They're waiting so, till the last minute. Exactly. That's so, awful. So and that, what happened to all the tag teams in the Raw division? There was like a ton of them, and now I can't even name any. Yeah, well, Undisputed Era. Nope. I don't want call-ups. I want the actual tag teams that were there. Where's the uh, Where's the Ascension? Jobbing on main events. Why? I don't know. They just (laughs) haven't got anything to do with them. The Authors of Pain are 
tied up with uh, Titus O'Neil and uh, Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's li- that's liable to be actually on the uh, pre-show, and I yeah. can see others being just destroying Cruz and Apollo. I hope so. So I, I'm predicting. I'm predicting that uh, being on the uh, pre-show. <laughs> so some of the other matches, though, that are confirmed for the main show, the Bludgeon Brothers are going to defend their tag team titles against the New Day. New Day won the uh, tag team tournament, if you want to call it that, right. the last couple weeks. And they had an amazing main event with the uh, bar on SmackDown this past week. But they're going to challenge for the tag team titles. Who do you see coming out? Bludgeon Brothers or New Day? Bludgeon Brothers keep them for a while. Yeah, Bludgeon Brothers are going to keep them. Strong guys stay strong. Those guys haven't shown any sort of uh, slowing down. Even against everyone thought Team Hell No was going to be the, you know, the, the what was going to stop them, but they managed to get their way through that. And uh, with Daniel Bryan being, you know, a top card guy and uh, taking a pin, there's no stopping the Bludgeon Brothers right now. So I'm going with Bludgeon Brothers myself. Uh, the women's titles, we're going to have to go this through as quick because we're actually back in London. Uh, so, <laughs> women's title for Raw Alexa Bliss versus Ronda Rousey. Uh, Bliss. Yeah, I guess they Bliss just because I think Rousey is a bit too early. Yes. Yeah. Still early for uh, Ronda. Something's going to happen. Bliss retains. Uh, over on the SmackDown side, you have Carmella defending against Charlotte and Becky. Possibly Oscar being thrown in there. Still not to be happening yet. Why? I don't know. To keep on screwing Becky over. But who's going to take it in the current three-way? Carmella, uh, Charlotte, or Becky? Carmella's going to retain again. Yeah. I guess say Becky just because I want it to be true. Everyone wants it to be true, but Carmella's got this way of robbing the audience of what they want to see. And it's working so good for her right now. There's no reason to have that stop. If she's going to drop the title, she's going to drop it suddenly on a SmackDown the same way she won it. Very true. Yeah, and they've been planting seeds, though, with uh, Charlotte and Becky almost like uh, over on Raw with uh, Sasha. Right. Exactly. There's a bigger picture to that match, and that match is to be setting up a feud. And obviously... You know, like I said, when Carmella drops the title on a SmackDown to either of those two, then that's going to win the the real rivalry can start. Whether it's something that starts subtly during a three way match, or and then once the title's on one of them at a later time, then it can rear its ugly head. So then the U.S. titles online: Shinsuke Nakamura versus Jeff Hardy. I'm shaking my head. I, I don't even want to answer it because I'm disgusted with that whole setup. I'm tired of Nakamura. I hope that he leaves WWE and goes back to New Japan. It's such a shame that they've wasted him in the main roster. It's awful, and it makes me sad, and I don't want to, I don't want to answer, so you guys take it. Matt Dave? Hardy. You're going with Hardy? No, Matt Hardy. He's not even in the it, match. It was an absurd answer for an absurd match. I think... Uh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Are they going to insert Orton? Orton's going to be part of that match as well. Orton could end up being in it, but I think uh, 
fight just happened that Orton interferes and Nakamura retains. Over on uh, Raw, the IC titles on the line with Dolph defending against Seth. We already just saw in the Iron Man match, now we get a singles match with McIntyre at ringside. There's a possibility that Ambrose might come back. Who, who do you see taking the title? Oh, it's a tough call. Cause Ziggler again. Yeah. Ziggler retains. Ziggler retains. Seth has to move on to something else. He's got to set his sights bigger because that universal title is going to be vacant or on somebody new soon. And they're going to be setting up quite a few rivalries going up, up I, leading to that. I still say, and this is jumping ahead a little bit, but I'll just put my thoughts in perspective. Roman actually gets the belt. Um, Seth loses his match because Dean returns as heel leading to a shield triple threat main event of Mania. Interesting. Speaking of the Universal title, Brock Lesnar is supposed to be defending against uh, Roman Reigns. You have Reigns winning? I just, want, I just want him to. I'm not even really a fan. It's just... Do we we skipped the match. It's, WWE's won it for years. Just do it. Strowman. Like, we don't have to love everything that you do. Just... Do your story. Doesn't mean I have to like everything in it. But quit doing this, like, kind of a story. And then Lesnar retains, but Lesnar never shows up, even though you're supposed to defend a belt every month. It just makes no sense. Let Roman have it. I'd rather Roman have it than Brock have it. And Brock just recently turned on uh, Heyman, so he's going to be wild card in that whole uh, match. But I think... There's a possibility that Brock retains, and uh, but I'm going to go with Roman winning and shenanigans happening the next day. Who do you have, Jake? Well, I we skipped a match first. We missed Braun Strowman versus Kevin Owens. Yeah, I would love to have some shenanigans happen in that match. I'd love Owens to get the briefcase, and then Owens and Sammy cash it in and rob Roman of his title again. And have Owens walking into Raw with the belt. He was the greatest universal champion, not that he's had much competition. That's right. Although I'd also really want to see um, Braun actually retain his briefcase and win. Because I've wanted Braun to be champion for a long time, too. Yeah. And I... And, He's either it'll get cashed in within the next, you know, within within 24 hours of SummerSlam. He's gonna either cash it in at SummerSlam or he's cashing it in on Raw. See, yeah. my prediction for that whole cluster that's going on, and it's a big convoluted story, I'll admit. But what if Heyman actually does go against Brock, sides with Roman to help him win the title, and earlier in the day have Owens get the briefcase only for Monday to have Heyman side with Owens screwing Reigns over with Reigns thinking he has Heyman in his uh, corner. So the double screw job? Double screw job and (laughs) by the time the show ends on Monday you have Kevin Owens with Paul Heyman and the Universal title. He definitely doesn't need a mouthpiece for himself, but storyline-wise, that would be really cool. Yeah. I think Kevin Owens and Paul Heyman could work off each other really well as 
it, you know, it'd be, it'd be like a Chris Jericho thing all over again. Yeah, like, yeah. Owens doesn't need a mouthpiece, as you said, but bringing up the Jericho thing, he works well when he has somebody else with him. Yeah, and okay. so they can do all that. So, as convoluted as that all sounds, that's what I'm looking forward to. Hopefully, over Sunday and Monday. And then the other two matches that are left on the uh, card is Miz versus Dana Bryan. And as he said before, WWE writers don't know how to possibly extend it to WrestleMania. And with his contract being up September 1st, they got to get this match in there before he's done. What do you see happening? Does uh, he get the victory and because he signed a contract? Or does he job out because he didn't sign a contract? I think he'll get the victory regardless of yeah. whether or not he is re-signing. I think that's... It's the ending that the audience wants to see. It's obviously what everyone in creative wants to see is that big payoff. Um, you know, they didn't ever... I don't think that originally when it happened, it was intentional. And I don't think that they ever thought that they were going to have some sort of retribution uh, happen between The Miz and, and Brian. So I think this is just, you know, it's total fan service. They're going to make The Miz suffer. They're going to make it, you know, the best, uh, the best punishment that they can, and I think Miz is going to eat it up as well. Yeah, that uh, feud became very organic just the way it ended up working, and because of their history since Daniel Bryan first came into WWE with Miz as his um, NXT mentor, and then what happened on Talking Smack, it's just by chance that Daniel got cleared yep. to be wrestling, so they're the guy use up what they can before he has to go away again. It could go either way. I could almost see if he did sign Miz winning so they can continue a little bit longer and stretch it out, but I would ultimately want to see Daniel win. What do you think, Dave? Um, I agree with you. Um, if he did resign, I'd like to see Miz win just to keep the feud going, but if they're unsure in any way, it's going to be Daniel Bryan winning. Yeah, and I think that the Miz doesn't even necessarily have to win to keep the feud going because of the Miz's personality. Oh, yeah. That him losing would almost keep the feud going more because he refuses to acknowledge a loss ever. Yeah, he could end up losing and then uh, attack Brian and send him on his way with us not knowing if he's staying or not. Right, another fake injury or something. They keep him off the air until after the contract renews. People don't know if he's gone. People don't know if he's coming back. Not a bad at all. And so the final match before we get you dropped off, Jake, is uh, the WWE title with AJ Styles defending against uh, Samoa Joe. Oh, great match. What a good match. It's going <laughs> to be, uh, it's be uh, TNA all over again, yeah, hopefully. I don't think they've actually fought each other. Uh, for at least four years, something yeah. like 2014-ish, uh, was the last time they fought each other on NXT, uh, on TNA. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's going to be probably the match of the night, I would say, um, if the Miz and Daniel Bryan don't take that 
but definitely excited to see these guys get in the ring again. Hopefully, you know, and I say hopefully with the utmost, you know, um, if, if I would, I'm praying that they don't do what they did with Nakamura and AJ Styles. But at the same time, there was rumors that, you know, AJ wasn't 100%. So hopefully AJ's at 100% and he's ready to get his muscles busted. Dave? I want to... S- I think Samoa Joe should be the one to win. But they've been so pissed poor with his momentum lately. I don't know if they're just going to make him champion out of the blue when they've barely used him for, like, anything. Yeah, this match could go either way because also if you look at the uh, amount of days that AJ has held the title, mm-hmm. it's getting close to that erasing CM Punk even more and setting somebody who's actually there as a record holder. Yeah. So do you keep that momentum going and make that big number for AJ Styles mm-hmm. or do you give it to Samoa Joe? I would like to see it go to Joe myself, so I'm picking Joe to win. I'm happy either way it goes. True. Oh, wasn't there the cruiserweight title as well? Oh yes. Uh, Surprise! Yeah, I guess it's. Hey, everybody forgets about good old two hundred five. <laughs> yeah, because like he just came out of nowhere. Uh, that match as well. <laughs> yeah. So Drew Gulak is actually uh, challenging Cedric Alexander for the title. I hope Gulak takes the title. Gulak's got a good thing going right now. I actually love that guy. And uh, and also, he's a phenomenal performer. Yeah, he's been one of the standouts for the unsung standouts. That's I right. Yeah, that's you got going. all the high flyers that are doing their thing. And Gulak is somewhat of the modern-day Team Malenko. Now that he's say. gone from, like, goofball to, like, a more serious character, I really think I would like to see him take the belt. Yeah, because when he wasn't the serious character and was kind of goofy and all that other stuff, you couldn't really see him with the title, but since he's uh, on the taken up with the reset button of uh, 205, he's benefited a lot and become credible. So... Are we all going with? I want. I'm on. Drew yeah, Drew for the win. Yep. So there we go. That's our predictions for uh, next weekend. Uh, a little bit rushed, maybe in certain cases, and skipping over some things. But we got it in, and uh, we'll see how accurate we are. We need no more rush than the storylines themselves did. That's True. right. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, guys. A lot, guys, and uh, we'll see how we did on our predictions. Sweet, sweet. And that's it. That's it. You want to do it like you do a show wrap or anything? Yeah, I'll add one later. You can do that later. Yeah. All right. Last night during our podcast uh, drive home from Impact, we did our predictions for the NXT Takeover Brooklyn show and for SummerSlam this Sunday. However, we didn't get Daniel's input on the uh, predictions but before i dropped him off last night he did provide me with his list of his predictions for both shows as for nxt takeover he has ec3 ricochet mustache mountain carrie zane and johnny gargano all being victorious on saturday as for sunday at summerslam 
He has Cedric Alexander retaining the title. Daniel Bryan going over The Miz. Shinsuke Nakamura retaining over Jeff Hardy. Becky Lynch winning the SmackDown women's title. Seth Rollins beating Dolph Ziggler for the Intercontinental title. Kevin Owens taking possession of the Money in the Bank briefcase. Alexa Bliss winning over Ronda Rousey. Samoa Joe beating AJ Styles. And Roman Reigns walking out with the Universal title. If you have predictions for our show, those two shows coming up this weekend, feel free to drop us a line at our Facebook page, Scumbags of Wrestling, and post your predictions for both the NXT TakeOver show and the SummerSlam event happening this weekend on Saturday and Sunday. I'd like to thank everybody for taking the time to listen to this episode of Scumbags Podcast. I hope you enjoyed our trip to Toronto for Impact Live and our review, plus our uh, predictions for NXT and SummerSlam for this weekend. If you'd like to share your predictions with us, go over to our Scumbags Wrestling page on Facebook and leave us your uh, predictions for both the NXT TakeOver and for SummerSlam. I'd like to thank Kill Effect for our opening theme and also would like to thank Jake, Dan, and David and Carla for coming on for the uh, ride to impact and providing their input on the goings on of the wrestling world as we see it this past week until next time take it easy Slam!